This week on Show Me Your News, Lucas, Co-op Play, and Snake joins the brawl. We cover them all in this week's rundown. The week couldn't have began much better as we became aware of the Mother franchise's representation in the game. What was the general reaction for Lucas? What can we deduce from his screenshots? And what does this mean for the psychic we've grown to know and love? Ending off the week, we learn that the Subspace Emissary will have co-op support. Will this style of play work optimally for the game? What does this tell us about the Subspace Emissary in general? And what can we hope to infer about the computer's AI for Brawl? Snake joined the Brawl on Tuesday in one of the biggest updates in recent memory. What can we pull out of the Konami TGS 2007 trailer? How impressive does Shadow Moses Island look? And just what is the deal with those codecs for Yoshi, Zero Suit Samus, and Wario? This week on Mail Time, Halo 3, my favorite games for Wii and all time, and if I design Brawl, hear what I have to say as I also ask questions back at you. This week's Brawl Viewpoint comes to us from Star Phoenix from Starmen.net and centers around music in Smash. What's with the complaints about the lack of orchestration, and what are some examples of some series that just can't be orchestrated? Star Phoenix will let us know what he thinks. Masahiro Sakurai, I implore you to... Show me your news! This is Show Me Your News, a Super Smash Brothers Brawl discussion podcast. All support comes from the Smash World Forums at Smashboards.com and the Smash Brothers blog at www.smashbrawl.com. And now, here's your host Yoko with... Hey there, Smash fans! Welcome to Show Me Your News, your weekly weekend podcasting source recapping the biggest news in anticipation of Super Smash Bros. Brawl. My name is Yoko, and I'm here this week to go over the news from the past week for you all in audio format. Today is October 7th. This is week 14 of the podcast. New this week is the second of two new sections of the podcast, and this one is called Mail Time. So be sure to check it out and give lots of feedback. Now, it is 87 degrees Fahrenheit, just over 3 degrees Celsius, in Michigan in October, so if you hear wind or a fan or something, that's so I don't die of heat, guys, so bear with me. Show Me Your News is up on iTunes for your iPods to subscribe to, and you can check out Show Me Your News in the Smash Brothers blog at smashboards.com smyn. Thanks to our wonderful moderator support over at Smash World Forums. Let's get things going, recapping this great week by heading right on into... The Rundown. Wednesday, October 3rd, told us about Excite Bike, an assist trophy that is the first to be introduced to be made of pixel art. While some have objections to this, Objection! I wholeheartedly agree that some of these ATs should be in their pixel forms. As awesome as it would be to see modern graphical models applied to them, i.e., Pit, there are some that are just too classic to be in their pixel form. I mean, would anyone recognize Excite Bike in a modern form? So anyway, they race about the ground, you know, take some advice from Kirby and jump to avoid them. 
Sneaking in at the end was the news that Lakitu from the Mario franchise is also a 2D assist trophy. This bird on a cloud with a fishing rod drops spinies on the ground to cause chaos. So which ATs will be two-dimensional as pixel art? Hopefully Tetris? Please? Well, we'll just have to wait and see, because it's really anyone's guess right now. The next day on Thursday, we got a double update, but there wasn't really anything earth-shattering. For those Smash newcomers, you got to learn how to shield and dodge. Now the veterans are just relieved to see that the bubble shield is back. There were some wavering fears in the beginning that characters would just block like any normal fighting game, but come on, this is Smash. The bubble shield encompassing 360 degrees of protection is the ultimate guard and perfect for the series. As for dodging, we are all aware of spot dodging and roll dodging. Most of us were just looking at how good Zero Suit Samus looks dodging. But if you ask me, I know that the type of dodging we're all looking forward to seeing in update form is evasion of the air variety. What'd you think Fox's final smash would be? You thought he'd call a bunch of R-Wings to attack the field? Well, you've got the wrong vehicle. Fox calls upon the Landmaster Tank. Wow, just perfect. This huge behemoth goes ballroomf, according to Sakurai, and is very easy to operate. As the man says himself, jump to hover, tilt down to roll, and of course, fire its cannon with the attack button. And doesn't that attack look amazing? Obviously, it's going to hurt a lot, so it'll certainly be best to stay away from it. Now, some Smashers believe the fact that the R-Wings weren't used in the final Smash means that they're being reserved for a certain other Star Fox member's final. A certain other ace pilot of Team Star Fox. And as much as I'd love to see him make a return in Brawl, there's no way that we can use this as evidence at this point. The update that started the week by getting everyone talking was the announcement that Lucas from Mother 3 was a member of the playable character roster. This blonde psychic youth looks very similar to Ness, and how he plays looks very similar as well, but I'll get to that shortly. We didn't really learn much about Lucas at all, to be totally honest. Of course, it was a newcomer character update, and those are the utmost priority, to be sure. And yes, it was a great start to a great week, but if you really look deep into the update, all you really see is the Ness debate. Let's try to look at the screenshots though. Wow, uh, first of all, those eyes kind of creep me out. I know they're the same as Ness's, but man, have some pupils, please. Anyway, there's nothing all too special in the debut pic since we'll be seeing that on the character's select screens and on stocks. In the first screenshot, Lucas is either down aerialing or the more likely culprit, footstool stomping Meta Knight. I really hope it's a spike because you know my opinion on spikes from last episode's roundtable, but my gut's telling me that it's a footstool stomp because of the way Meta Knight is reacting. The next pick, well, Lucas means business, cause that's about it, a silly pose screenshot. If we keep going clockwise, now this is a silly pose screenshot if we've ever seen one. What's in the sky, Kirby? Point, point. Poyo? If Sakurai is trying to endear us to this character with amusing picks, it won't really work for the seasoned Smash player. We all want to know his attacks, his abilities, and the like. The last screenshot got the right idea as Lucas is casting some sort of electrical spherical attack. It's definitely not a takeoff of PK Thunder though, it's too big and actually looks like a useful attack. It's gotta be an aerial though, and we're just out of luck when it comes to learning his specials and smashes when it comes down to it. Alright, so the brawl boards have been swarmed with one of the bigger controversies and issues of late with this. What will happen to dear old Ness? Well, that really is the questions on everyone's minds if you've been keeping track of the updates. He definitely has a lot going for him, he's one of the original 12, he puts the Mother franchise on the map, and he just has a solid melee fanbase. But is that really all he needs to keep his Smash Bros appearances going? The thing is that Lucas is the star of Mother 3, which is a Japan only game, and fans of the franchise have been dying to get it ported over. 
Just like getting Pitt to revitalize the Kid Icarus franchise and Martha and Roy to port over Fire Emblem, Lucas's appearance in a game such as Brawl could be incredible for his supporting franchise. There's no doubting what Lucas can do for Brawl, but as Sakurai says, is it possible he can surpass even Ness? From what I've been informed regarding Mother 3, Ness is seen as the hero in that game. There's a big statue of him in the game and everything. So there is no doubting what Ness means to the franchise. It's just that Lucas is the new blood, and Sakurai's quote is most likely an allusion to Mother 3, whether or not Lucas can live up to Ness's past glory. And just like Ness isn't present in the third game of his home franchise, I don't see him being present in the third game of our favorite franchise. Now don't get me wrong, I love playing as Ness. Nothing beats edgeguarding with a charged up PK Flash. And the original 12 argument is impeccably strong, I'm well aware of that. But isn't it odd that Lucas was revealed before Ness even was? Yeah, it has a really strong Ike vs. Marth feel to it. It really feels like Sakurai is saying, Yes, these characters did wonderfully for Smash Brothers, but now they're outdated and have been replaced with newer characters. These characters are very similar to the past ones and can play very similarly. Besides, from a current economical standpoint, these newer characters can draw fresh attention to their current games instead of their older ones. All the cards are in place and it, much as it kills me to say it, start playing as Ness in Melee while you still can. The update says Team, but we all know that's a bunch of crap. It should really be called Co-op. It was announced to end the week on Friday, and Sakurai prefaced it with, I will announce this right here, right now. Gee, really? Thanks! Well, let's look into it. The Subspace Emissary will be playable with two players. Quote, so whether you're siblings or close friends, two can play together. This is a fantastic step for the single player mode to take. I mean, it really will be, hopefully be really worth the wait. A lot of members on the boards have pointed out that the co-op playstyle is just about the same as Kirby Superstar, which really makes sense since that's also Sakurai's game. However, I've never played that, so I'm going to throw out another game that has similar ties being drawn to it. And it only happens to be my favorite retro game of all time, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. A second player could tag along as Miles, Tails per hour, and assist in completing the game, but how Tails did didn't really affect Sonic's overall health. Plus, if he fell behind, he would fly back in and continue to help Sonic in defeating the evil Dr. Robotnik. The Subspace Emissary will play very similarly, obviously. Player 1 will be the primary protagonist, a la Sonic, while the second player will be Tails, so to speak. If the second player just falls behind, they will be brought back without penalty. Plus, they can assist in damaging enemies and help out the first player whenever needed. However, the only difference when you compare it to Sonic 2 is that when the second player gets knocked off screen by a foe, they will lose a life. But after all, it is Smash, and it is all about staying on the screen. With that said, you don't want a total Smash Neophyte playing beside you if you're on a challenging difficulty. With that totally not planned segue, we have become aware of the difficulty levels of the Subspace Emissary. There are five levels, so that hasn't changed from Melee, except we've got Easy, Normal, Hard, Very Hard, and Intense. Huh. Well, Melee had Very Easy, Easy, Normal, Hard, and Very Hard. So did Sakurai just step up the game in actual level, or has he just renamed the difficulties to make it sound more challenging? Either way, I'm just going to play it on easy to unlock everything, and then playing through it at a different time on a higher difficulty. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I want everything unlocked as soon as possible, and actually be the one to unlock everything. But I wonder what possibilities lie with intense. There was one thread that popped up on the general brawl discussion boards that confused me greatly, and I thought I should probably at least mention it, and even probably refute it. Sakurai claimed that if you choose a harder difficulty, your rewards will be greater. That's another part of the fun. This thread claimed that what if a character was unlockable by completing the subspace emissary on a difficulty level like Insane? 
Wouldn't that just be ridiculous? That'd be like a huge slap in the face to the new gamer that Nintendo's trying to appeal to, if you ask me. It's like saying, sorry, but if you want to have a complete character roster, you have to get really good at this game. And that's just really ridiculous, I'm sorry. If anything, things will be easier to unlock this time around compared to Melee, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, let's take a look at that map screenshot. Talk about huge, and this is a Smash Brothers game we're talking about. I'm very excited to see this mode and play it out and just look at all the potential it has. I'm really interested to see all the potential pairings that there will be as well. So far we know of Mario Pitt and Kirby Zelda, or at least Kirby and the princess that you saved from Petey Piranha. It only seems like there's only room for four more teams though, unless they make additional spaces as the story branches off, which is a possibility because of that red arrow at the bottom. All this speculation and we're only being shown bits at a time. But I've got to say, I'll take these bits whenever, because they're only showing what Sakurai and his team are doing to make this game as good as it can be. And we all love that. Could anything follow up a newcomer? Oh, only a double update on Tuesday showing four videos, one of those being the first gameplay videos we've seen in ages it seems, and also a stage we've been anticipating for quite some time. It was quite the earth-shattering update, with Snake joins the brawl and Shadow Moses Island. There are so, so, so many things we can take from these two updates, but I'm going to cover the most important ones. Let's start with Shadow Moses Island. We had known the stage as Helipad, and there were really only a couple shots of it from videos beforehand. We knew that Kojima himself was working on the design for this stage, and frankly, it's probably the best looking stage yet. With high walls blocking off the lateral boundaries, one could feel a little trapped within. Fortunately, you can destroy those towers, so there are definitely destructible environment factors in this stage, just like there are in Castle Siege and Skyworld. In true Metal Gear Solid fashion, a searchlight is at work, and if you're spotted... Well, we don't know what happens, but Yoshi sure looks giddy about it in that screenshot. Meh, Smash Bros. isn't really one for espionage anyway, but it's a nice touch. Maybe what happens is the Metal Gears are unleashed, as we see in subsequent screenshots. There's Metal Gear Rex and Ray thrashing about in the background. It wouldn't surprise me if they start attacking the players too, because that's just typical for a Smash Brothers stage it seems. There's one more Metal Gear that Sakurai has kept mum about though. While most people think it's because it'll be involving Metal Gear Solid 4, the upcoming PS3 game, wouldn't this just be the ultimate? Think. The unstoppable Sakurai-Kojima combination. Metal Gear Kirby. Okay, surely I jest, but you know that would be just the sweetest thing ever. Sakurai quotes, on this stage, Snake communicates with his team to learn the key characteristics of his rivals. And this is pretty awesome, I won't beat around the bush with this one. We don't know how these are activated at all, but I'm hoping that as Snake is playing on this stage, one of these will pop up before the game begins to give Snake info on one of his foes. You could probably skip it if you wanted to, but it would just be an amazing touch if they used it like that. Anyway, we got Yoshi. Otacon, what's this lizard thing? That's a Yoshi. Wario. He can fart to fly around, too. By farting. Are you kidding me? And, of course, Zero Suit Samus with the quote of the week. Mei Ling, Samus took her clothes off. Now, all he really learned from this is Wario's bite attack is probably a special of his, a neutral bee most likely at that, and has lingering poison effects. We learned that Snake wants to eat Yoshi as well. And that he wants to get it on with Samus. Ah, Snake joins the brawl. Most likely the best update yet for what it's worth. We finally learned where all those screenshots we saw at the Tokyo Game Show came from, and it was this video. See, Konami was celebrating their 20th anniversary of Metal Gears, and they had a celebration of sorts. 
And with this video being the highlight of the conference, well, you couldn't go wrong. We actually saw gameplay footage that confirmed bubble shields before the update this week, and I've gotta say, I was very impressed with the footage. It looked great, despite it being you know, played by amateurs playing the game to show off the basics, but even more amazing was that it sounded great. Just take a listen to the footage without the visual distraction. Wow. Just wow. The music is great too in the video. I had no idea what it was a remix of, but it seems to be from Metal Gear Solid, the enemy encounter music. Now wouldn't that music from the video be a great alternate music choice for Shadow Moses Island? I'll tell you what, it sure got me pumped up. What has everybody talking though is where Snake is all electric right after his call with the Colonel. Kept you waiting, huh? I don't know about you, but if character introductions were really back in, this is a great first sign. This electric entrance is from Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty for the PS2 and you can find the intro video online easily. Cinematic purposes or not, we can't say if intros are in for sure but I would be inclined and hope to think so. Cause snakes would be just too awesome for words and I'm sure that there are a lot of others that can fit that bill. In a week where Matt Casamassina from IGN announced that he'll be heading to a Nintendo press conference this Wednesday the 10th where they will discuss their holiday games, it's now time to field your questions and then ask some in a section known as... Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. That sounds like... It's mail time! Here's the mail, oh, it never fails. Oh, it makes me wanna oh, wag my oh, tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Alright, let's get these questions a rolling. Super TH writes How has Yoko responded to Halo 3? Being a self proclaimed casual gamer, you may have played it, and I want to know your opinion. Well, Halo 3 is a great game. I mean, there is no other way to put it. Is it too similar to Halo 2? Yeah, perhaps, but the saving matches option and forge are just amazing features that are really just phenomenal. You wish they could implement something like that into Brawl, but then you realize, oh yeah, the Wii storage is for utter crap. Now, I am not a casual gamer. That's a low blow, man. Ouch. But I'm not a hardcore gamer either. I'm a self-proclaimed average gamer. But I don't know, is 16 games up here at college casual, or is it leaning towards hardcore? The roommate has a 360 though, so I'm getting a little better at those kind of games. I'm still pretty bad at Halo though. I have decent amount of kills from time to time, but if you're not used to it, the dual analog stick thing is just a huge hurdle to overcome. So yes, I've definitely played Halo 3. And yes, I love it, it's a great game. You could say that I'm a fan of the franchise, I definitely respect what it has done for the first person shooter genre, although the Wii has it right on with corruption. Am I any good at it right now though? Definitely not. If I am one thing, I'm a total Halo noob. Uh, yeah, Samus still owns Master Chief though, definitely. Looney writes, What is your favorite Wii game right now? What is your favorite game of all time? Great, great question. Well, I think I gotta throw Melee out of the scenario for both questions. I mean, would I be doing a podcast like this every week if my favorite game wasn't Melee and my favorite Wii game wasn't going to be Brawl no matter what? Obviously not. So, let's see. I have a good number of Wii games, probably more than I should because I'm a fan of picking up bargain GameCube games. 
For example, I'm a huge Zelda fan and I never really played Wind Waker, so I picked it up for 13 bucks a few weeks ago. Score, right? Twilight Princess is the best Wii game out right now, bar none. I love it, it's my favorite one at the moment, and I'm even playing through it right now a second time. It is much easier the second time around though. I like doing all the side quests and all, and after 20 hours I'm at the Sky Characters part with 12 hearts, with the upgraded wallet, quiver, etc. Sweet, sweet game. But I still hate Uku. I also have Red Steel, which was way too easy, but I feel that people didn't give it much of a chance. Sure, the graphics really weren't that good, and the AI was as dumb as a pile of leaves, but the control was revolutionary, only to be refined by Metroid Prime 3, which I still have yet to play, but I can't wait to get that lent to me. Got Tenkaichi 2, which is sweet, and I just love anime fighting games, period. Mario Strikers Charge is amazing, great online, and I know, I know, I should be online more often, but let me know if you want to set something up. Madden 08 is great, and I really should play it a whole lot more, but I'm in the middle of a lot of other games right now, but please tell me if you have that game for the Wii. And Sonic of the Secret Rings I just got, and I must say I'm a little disappointed. It's still a lot of fun, but the controls have a lot to be desired. Or maybe that's just me sucking completely with the Wii Remote on the side scheme. Favorite game of all time. Ocarina of Time is definitely up there, as you should know from the medley I put together. Sonic 2 is another fantastic game that I love, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. But I'm going to go with the shocker. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. The game sucks, right? I mean, don't all 3D Sonic games suck? Well, I've kind of put in over 140 hours on that game, always trying to beat my scores on the missions. There are a lot of really crappy angles at times, sure, but the, what I love is that the game defines speed. And that's really something that's missing in the Secret Rings, which is what has me disappointed. And as a consolation, I gotta go with Metroid Prime, because it's just that enthralling. Yeah, I love talking about Wii and GameCube games. Thanks for this question. Sariku Uchiha asks... Hey, Yoko. I got a question that I really want to have let you have fun with. If you was designed in Super Smash Bros. Brawl, what would you do to it? What characters would you add? Stages? Anything you want. What would you do? Have fun with this one. See ya. Ah, it's good to have an audio question to cap things off. Thanks, Sariku. And a Brawl-themed one at that. Alright, so if I was designing Brawl, I'd give my homeboy Sonic some involvement on the dojo sooner as opposed to later. You've got to get some hype going soon since Halo 3 will die down after a while. Give him a Green Hill Zone stage with Green Hill, Chemical Plant, and Hydro City Zones music at least. Shadow and Blaze alternate costumes would definitely be in the mix too. I'd have Tingle replace the sandbag to punch and combo him about. Ridley would be a playable character and a boss because it's just that amazing. Wolf would be a Fox alternate costume, and both Crystal and Falco would be playable so nobody's disappointed. There would probably be about 50 plus characters because there's no such thing as too many characters. Ideally though, I'm still hoping for at least 40. Minda Wolf Link would obviously be a great character, you all know that about me by now, but Sheik has got to go. Moves like Rest and Luigi's Up B have to go, the character model overlapping thing is just way too iffy and chancy. And speaking of chancy, every Pokemon's most evolved form should be a Pokeball. That's right, all of them. Online would be totally pimped out, Subspace Emissary would be at least 10 hours long, did I mention alternate costumes? The soundtrack would have a couple hundred songs, at least. That'd be totally freaking epic, man. Event matches would be back, and make them less stupid. We don't need any more Pikachu and Pichu repeats, but more ones like Legendary Pokemon would be amazing. But then again, if I was designing the game and writing a podcast, I'd just tell you all about the game. So it's a shame I can't do that. But thanks for the idea. One last question. Dear Yoko, why is your voice so schmexy? Evan Grunts, California. 
Well, I don't know, we grunts. That's just the way it is. So what do you think? Is Halo 3 a great game to you? What's your favorite game of all time, aside from Brawl or Melee? Let me know along with any other comments about the podcast and thread. That'll wrap up mail time. Let me know what you think. Let's start up this week's... Brawl Viewpoint. This week's Brawl Viewpoint comes to us from Star Phoenix. When it comes to updates, just what is it with the complaints of lack of orchestration? What are some series that can't afford to be reorchestrated and are best left to their midi roots? Let's hear what Star Phoenix has to say in our first guest Brawl Viewpoint, as this opinion is coming from Starmen.net. Everybody, how's it going? Okay, so the topic I want to discuss today is regarding the music in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Now, we all have pretty much heard all the music updates so far, from the very first music update being the Battlefield stage music, or as it is also called, Menu 1, to the epic and ever-climactic MGS4 love theme, featuring that beautiful violin. Now, a lot of gripe other than Wi-Fi complaints is directed towards the music, saying that it all should be orchestrated, and that without it, it somehow makes the music less so and that the lack of this orchestration is somehow disappointing. I, being a music lover much as Yuko, would agree that certain ones they've shown, namely the Kid Icarus Underworld music, have been to a certain degree, ah, concerning, if to say the least. However, there is something to be remembered here. We have only received 10 music updates so far. As we know of, there are 18, and that's including the 8 shown on the My Music update. But 10 we have heard. Now with the My Music update revealing that you can actually collect CDs, which for anyone who isn't familiar with that, it is nothing more than an unlocked music track which can be applied to stages later on. This fact obviously points towards a massive amount of music being present in the game. Now to some that might be a reason as of to why they might use midis in the first place. But I disagree. My point is that it is too early to be bunching all the cards together right now. He may want to save the best for last, and that's just and he's just getting the low updates out of the way first. Which, if these are the least significant, to say the least, I definitely want to hear the best. On another point, while orchestrated music is by far where it's at, and is wonderful when applied to series like Zelda, Fire Emblem, Kid Icarus, Star Fox, and Kirby. There is cer some certain music that cannot be captured by orchestration, but rather actually need the little square and saw waves working together to create a beautiful mixture of electronic genius. I can think of a few such series that isn't captured by the pads and leads that make them. The first one would be Custom Robo. Now so far there is no confirmation of the franchise in Brawl, although I suspect it will be, eventually. It nonetheless is a prime example of what I'm talking about. Here's a little sound example of what I'm talking about.
Another series in this list is a little old series called Animal Crossing, whose style tends to be more mellow. Sakurai already addressed how difficult it is to take music that is mellow and made to be serene and peaceful and turn it into the kind of music that leads you to believe a butt whooping is on the way. So there is trouble with that. That is why Animal Crossing probably has got to be one of the hardest games to develop music for since it is so peaceful. Another series that comes to mind is F-Zero. While they don't make use of a lot of the computer animated music as is as does Animal Crossing and Custom Robo, their music style tends to be more rock, which my only desire for this series is their music is more rock, as such is the case in F-Zero GX. Other than that, that's about all. But lastly, and certainly not least, is Metroid. But Metroid Prime in particular, what do I mean to say? Simply this. The music in Metroid Prime, although parts can be orchestrated, it is primarily synthesized. All you have to do is play through Fandranic Drifts to see what I'm talking about. Not much room for orchestration there. My only problem with the Metroid music since Smash Bros. 64 has to do with the fact that it is too rock for my taste. Brinstar Depths, regardless of the level, was the closest it ever came to what I wanted, although it was still far from the mark. So the Ridley music update was as to be expected was a letdown for me, but all of this is just my personal preference. Anyways, that's all I have to say on the subject of Metroid, that I'd like to see more Metroid Prime-styled music. Before I wrap this up, I just want to say and apologize if the audio's a little crappy sounding. This is my first shot at giving a recording like this, a little audio clip, so please excuse any what may be poor quality on my part. Now to wrap this up. I am sure December 3rd when this game will released, regardless of whatever people might find wrong with it, it will still be one of the greatest games since Mario Brothers. And it will probably have so much stuff in it, it will cause little children to cry. So to nitpick these kind of issues is rather early to do so. But hey, if we didn't do it, we wouldn't all be here. And that's my Brawl viewpoint. Very nice job, Star Phoenix. It's great to hear an opinion of someone outside of the Smash boards. I suppose that some tracks need to be MIDI, but you gotta admit, for the music to be completely epic, orchestration has got to be in. But thanks for adding music samples in there, I see what you mean by those needing to be maintained. That'll do it for this week's... Brawl Viewpoint. Would you like to hear your Brawl opinions and views played here on Show Me Your News? Send a WAVE, MP3, or a WMA file with you discussing a topic of your choosing to dojopodcast at gmail.com. That's D-O-J-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And you may hear your voice and rant featured and heard as the next Brawl Viewpoint. You may also get your views heard by sending your discussion in text format to D-O-J-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com to have Yoko read your opinions on the air. Suggested length for discussion is roughly 1.5 to 2 pages in length, single-spaced. Submissions will be taken through the Friday before the episode's premiere. And that's all for this week's episode of Show Me Your News. I'd like to personally thank Star Phoenix from Starman.net for sending in his brawl viewpoint into Super TH, Looney, and Sariku Uchiha for their contributions to Mail Time. Please make sure to send us questions for next week's roundtable. We'll take one and cover what we think. I'm always also in need of your brawl viewpoint, so please don't be afraid to send them on in either. My name is Yoko, and you can either post on the Show Me Your News topic and general brawl discussion, Private message me or email me at dojopodcast at gmail.com for feedback and suggestions for next time. 
Next week, like every week, I'll go over the week that was on smashbros.com. Music, music, music. I love music. But I say that the Kirby franchise needs some representation with a music update this week. But anyone would really be just fine with me. With that, I'm Yoko, and I'm out. This has been Show Me Your News, your weekly weekend podcast of sorts recapping the biggest news in anticipation of Super Smash Bros. Brawl. All support comes from Smash Bros. Forums at Smashboards.com and Smash Bros. Brawl at www.smashbrawl.com. This week's shout-out goes to Colbusman. He noticed that Show Me Your News was lacking a wiki entry on the Smash Wiki, so he took time out of his schedule to make one for the podcast. It's really great to see what fans have to write about the podcast from my perspective, really, and I appreciate it a lot. Thanks so much, Colbusman. Show Me Your News! 57 Days and Counting And now it's time for Yoko's roommate quote of the week. Remember, these views reflect Yoko's roommate and not Yoko himself. Uh, yeah, Samus still owns Master Chief, though. Definitely. Objection! Though I make that objection having not played the uh, Metroid Prime games. But I'll, I also make the objection not being a dual analog noob. Oh, yeah. And that was Yoko's roommate, quote of the week. Kirby Chief. Ooh, yeah. Kirby Chief. Kirby dual wielding with his little stub finger or hand. How does he even hold stuff? I don't know. But it'd still be like, yeah, killing spree. Exactly. I mean, and, and with with the new flamethrower. Oh. And the bubble shield. I mean, come on. Kirby would be awesome. Kirby needs to Especially have like. If he had that little helmet. I was gonna say Kirby needs to have that little helmet. Yeah. Or Kirby crossed with the Burger King. Huh? Got the crown and that weird little face. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna ha- hand him his little burger. <laughs> yes, I got that. I was hoping you <laughs> <Yes>. did. <laughs>